Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Sophie, and we are Double Booked. We acknowledge that this podcast is created on Jar Jar Barung and Wurundjeri Country and pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging. You can find us on Instagram at doublebooked.podcast, and I'm on Instagram as at katereads underscore. And I'm at sophies.little.library. Welcome to Double Booked. Welcome to our last episode for season one of Double Booked. Thank you so much for joining us this year. We have loved bringing you this podcast every week and having so many wonderful discussions with you online about the books we've spoken about and what we've been reading. Today we'll be looking at our reading for 2023 as a whole. We will then be looking at our top books and splitting them up into the genres of best fiction, best nonfiction and best series. We are even going to be a little bit cheeky and talk about our worst book that we've read this year. But we'll also be discussing what we're looking forward to reading over the summer break. Before we get into our big, chunky yearly review, Soph, what's your final recommendation for 2023? I have a festive recommendation for this last episode. Um, It is The Jolly Christmas Postman Picture Storybook by Alan (gasps) and Janet Alberg. That is so cute. Do do you remember reading The Jolly Postman when you were a kid? I I don't know, maybe. One of those books that I feel like, a lot of people see it and it unlocks his core memory in um, in so many of us. I loved reading The Jolly Postman as a kid and then there's The Jolly Christmas Postman and I just, it's a great book to read with kids. It's a great gift for kids and it's great for nostalgia too if you grew up reading it. But it's essentially this, a book about a postman, but he goes, when he's delivering mail, it's to like all these different like um like fairy tale and storybook characters. So it might be like, oh, cute. you know, like the three bears or like the wolf or whatever and but all of the pages have like actual envelopes that you can open and there's like little puzzles in there or like letters or games and like little things that you can do throughout the book oh, as well. how cute. It's so much fun and it's a great gift for Christmas for kids as well. So what's your recommendation for our last episode? I actually have two this week because I thought we're not going to do another episode and I want to talk about both of these things. <laughs> so normally I would save it, but I've got two for you. <laughs> This is a pretty standard recommendation from me because it's a Taylor Swift recommendation, <laughs> as, as we know. Um, I'm sure you've all seen that Taylor Swift got named Time Person of the Year this year and her the article that's in the magazine or online about it is so excellent if you haven't read it. It's very long as they normally are um, for the Person of the Year, but you just see so much more into kind of her year about the tour and her life and stuff. And yeah, it's an excellent, excellent article. I mean, I'll read if her shopping list. So I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy recommendation for me. But if you haven't read the whole thing, you know, the photos are awesome um, with her cat and everything, but highly recommend reading the full article. It is great. And my second recommendation is a TED talk, which I love TED talks. I really don't, I don't listen to them enough, but I, I should. And it is by Emma Carey. So I recommended Emma's book, The Girl Who Fell From The Sky. So Emma's the um the person that had the helicopter skydiving accident in Switzerland that I've recommended her book. Yeah, it's called The Girl Who Fell From The Sky. So she did a TED Talk, uh, goes for about 15 minutes. It is excellent about perspective and life and happiness and just it's if you loved her book, you'll love this. But if you read this, uh, sorry, if you watch this, you'll pick up her book straight away. She is just brilliant. That is such a good recommendation. I am very similar to you in that I love TED Talks and I watch them, but I very rarely remember to actually look for them. And it's not until I, I know like someone that I'm interested in actually does one yeah. that it kind of comes back to front of mind. So Yeah, it's just on YouTube. You can watch it on there. It's really, really good. Now, what are you currently reading? Because last episode you had nothing for me. Are you out of your little slump? 
Wow, last episode, we probably recorded that oh, maybe about a week ago. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure how long that's been, but um, I actually started reading something today. It's the first time I've picked up a book since we last recorded, and that's been mm. the longest time this year that I have not been reading anything. I just have not had the brain space for it, which is really unusual for me because normally when my brain is full, I turn to reading to kind of Wanted, escape yeah. from it. So it's, um, it's yeah. fair enough. Like December's always crazy. So yeah, I can yeah. I understand that. Um, but I, what have you got? What did you pick up today? I picked up um, Tom Lake by Ann Patchett. Oh, I have seen this everywhere and I nearly bought it the other day. It sounds so good. Is it good? So far, I think I'm maybe like 30 pages in. I'm not very far in at all. I did yeah. um, take it with me to a play centre with my five-year-old daughter today and I walked into the play centre and it was it's Sunday as we're recording and it's, um, you know, it was about 11.30 and it was party time. There's parties everywhere. Oh There's God. kids everywhere. I walked in. I was like, what have I done? Why would I do this? Like, this is such a bad idea. But that is like my own personal hell. I know. That's I know, my worst really, nightmare. I don't know what I was thinking. But <laughs> once we got in and I found a spot and ordered myself some chippies, she she went off to play and I opened up Tom Lake and I was just transported straight away. It's like really it's been I have seen this described often as a gentle book, like a really gentle, like slow, mm. just like meander through through this person's memory and story. And so far I'm I'm all in. I'm really excited to see where it goes and um, what the reading experience is like because I have long wanted to read Anne Patchett's work, but I haven't read a single book of hers yet. So mm. this is um, an exciting foray into her books for me. So stay tuned on that one. And it's it's a beautiful cover as well. Oh, it's like a beautiful book. Stunning, stunning cover. I just it, yeah. I feel calm even just looking at it. So I'm hopeful that that's going to yeah. be just the book that I need now. And now, drum roll, please, Kate. Are you still <laughs> I hate reading? This are you still reading Iron Flame? I'm not even going to say what are you reading. It is. Are you still reading it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Listen, you remember the last episode when I was like, "It's actually, um, it, it's like hooked me. Like, it's getting a bit better. I'm up to a point where I'm like quite invested." Yeah, that didn't last very long. Oh, I'm back to no. yeah, I'm, I'm back to being miserable. It um. Oh, I'm so close. I'm so close to finishing it. I just need to – I also haven't had time like you. Like, December's so busy. We've got something on literally even during the week, like, every night. And be- between the end of the year and trying to plan a wedding and it's just – reading has not been my priority in the last mm. couple of weeks and it doesn't help that the book is not great. Just a bit going on in your life at the moment, isn't there? Oh, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. In saying that, I'm also reading a second book, which I started on my Kindle. You are going – who drop dead when I tell you about oh, this no. book. What is it? Oh, God, Kate, what is it? <laughs> oh, no. It's called The Mindfuck Series by S.T. Abbey. I just... <laughs> I... So the trigger warning at the front says, fucked up moral compass, read at your own risk. Oh, good Lord. Like... So it's about a female serial killer who is obviously, like, going around killing guys. I'm assuming it's guys that have wronged her when she was a kid. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. It hasn't really gone into that yet. And the guy is the FBI agent investigating serial killers, and now he's just been assigned to her case, and they obviously don't know that. Oh, Oh, she knows that he's an FBI agent, and she assumes that, like, he would know about her, but she doesn't care. She's, like, kicking on anyway. And it is interesting mm. I don't I've only like just started it and it's really short um so I don't think it, I'm reading it on my phone like on my kindle so kind of you know when you have time you're waiting at the doctor's yeah, like waiting you yeah. just pick it up like I'm yeah. not I'm not overly invested in it it's kind of like a kill time easy read but it, I can imagine that it's going to be 
a bit controversial and you would not like it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, golly. Well, I love that for you. Um... (laughs) I I love that for you. You have fun. (laughs) So I'll let you know. I'll let you know how I go. It's very weird. My current reads, not loving, but just happy to get through them. But let's look back into 2023 and what we've read. Keep in mind that this episode is being recorded kind of early December to give us a nice Christmas break. So these aren't our final stats of the year, but we'll save that for our Instagram wrap up. We both don't really care much for reading goals or stats, although we do sort of have our reading goals that we try to keep to as well. (laughs) Um, But we always find it interesting to look back on the year that's been and see what we've read. So we'll just quickly run through our stats of the year. Like I said before, it's not our final stats, but where we're at at the moment Sophie, do you want to go first? Sure. So uh, at the moment, I have read 102 books, um, which is, I tend to read somewhere between 80 to 110 books each year. So this is sort of middle middle of the road for me, which is great, exactly where I want to sort of be. Um, I hit this goal a couple of weeks ago and it's just, it is so ridiculous to put these arbitrary goals that mean absolutely nothing um out there but I also just I like it kind of keeps me going and keeps me picking up books that I know that I read to enjoy but know that there's a goal there too just makes me pick up books in a different way I don't know how interesting Mm. I hate reading goals but carry on (laughs) (laughs) um this year is the first year that I have moved from Goodreads to Storygraph. So mm. I, I know that you're a stats nerd. I don't keep stats. Love I don't it. like really ever look at stats, but um, Storygraph breaks it down for you, which has been really helpful. So according yeah, I feel to, like I would love this app. Yeah, I think that you really would. And every time I look at the stats, I think, oh, Kate really needs to get on board with this. because this I is know, just... I know. And the stats that I'm going to talk about now are only like, you know, three, three, different, um, three different types that are there. It, it goes so in-depth. Kate like you would love it I'll have to send you some screenshots so you can see yeah please do um and you can import your Goodreads profile across the storygraph too um handy worried about making the jump and losing all of their data anyway back to back to my stats according to storygraph I have read 84% print books 4% audiobooks and 12% digital books I'm not really sure that this is accurate due to my laziness when logging books on Storygraph because I don't tend to really often search and find the audio book if it's one that I've listened to just on audio. Um, So I'm not sure that this is entirely accurate, but I will next next year I'm planning to be much more on top of this so that these stats are a lot more accurate at the end of the year because I do read a lot of audio books. So I think that, Mm. um, that number probably should be quite higher. Of my reads, 79% were fiction, 21% were non-fiction, which sounds about right, um, and mm. you'll laugh at this. It breaks it down oh, no. into, it gives you this pie chart of moods, all of like the different moods in your book. Oh, here we go. The top three moods that I had were emotional, reflective, and dark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on, on brand. So on brand <laughs> for me. I just saw it and thought, yep, that's, uh, that sums it up. Very, like, very Traumatic, well. depressing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Anxiety inducing. Gonna break your heart, gonna make you feel all the feels. Oh, yeah. That's um make Caitlin cry. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been my reading year in a nutshell. But I um That's so cool. I wonder um, how many you'll get to by the end of the year. We've still got a couple of weeks left. Yeah, it depends on how this slump goes, I think. But there's um I do think though I always sort of forget about that week between Christmas and New Year's when you know you don't know I know, exactly. that's when I read all my books. Yeah, yeah. There's so much. Like I could I read like ten books that week. That's so good. While watching the cricket, that's what I do. 
bumps up our, um, our yearly numbers massively in that one week. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, all right. I'm very keen to hear about your stats. What have you got for us? I have read 62 books so far this year. I don't use Goodreads. I don't use Storygraph. I use a <laughs> Excel spreadsheet on my computer because <laughs> I'm such a dork. Oh, I've done it since 2018. I think I've spoken about this before. So mine's um, broken into author, title, and then if I own it, if it's on Kindle, if it's on Kindle Unlimited, and then my star rating out of five. I also use an app called TBR Bookshelf, which is actually made by a bookstagrammer. And it's kind of like a Goodread story graph thing, I guess, but it's more just like right, um, keeping track of your books that you've read. And it gives you a cute little bookshelf with Aww. all the books that you've read for the year as well. Looks great. Which, yeah, super cute. So, so I don't set a reading goal for the year. I just kind of read and see what happens. I kind of read between like the 80 to 100 for the year as well. Um, so probably on track, I think, with that Christmas, between Christmas and New Year period, I honestly would read like 10 books. I'd, <laughs> it's all I do. You know, I've got a week off work and it's all I do. My split was super interesting this year so far. I have read 31 physical books and 31 Kindle books. Oh, it's like, a full-blown 50-50 split so far. How interesting is that? That is really interesting. And I love that that has happened without you trying to make that happen. <laughs> I know. I know. When we were putting this episode together, I was like, oh, I better go through my spreadsheet and have a look. And I'm like, oh, how convenient. <laughs> um, but yes, I don't have a moods. Like I don't have a, uh, I don't have a pie chart that gets made for me, but, <laughs> which would be great. But my, I would feel mood looking at my list of books would be Small Town Romance especially like small town romance series. I've got a few series that I've read this year um, in that category. So that would definitely be my mood, which is very, again, on brand. On brand, yeah. (laughs) Before we get into the books that we have loved the most this year, I think we should start with our worst book of the year just for a little bit of fun. Um, (laughs) I feel like we probably both came to these pretty quickly. So tell me, (laughs) what was the worst book that you read this year? I have two. When I look through my spreadsheet, these are the two that I gave two stars to. That's my lowest rating for the year. No DNFs. For, oh, actually, that's a lie. I don't put DNFs on my spreadsheet because I just don't care. I don't need to know. <laughs> I just, they just don't exist. So that's my lowest star rating. No one stars, just two, two stars. Hmm. One of them you will not be surprised by, which is Department of Speculation, which is what we read <laughs> for our Smart Smutty series. Um, just wasn't my vibe as per, you know the episode mm-hmm. smart and smutty no smart books for me didn't love that one but my <laughs> second book kind of controversial because I have loved everything else this author has written Lo- and it's a series and I loved the first book but this book only got two stars from me and that was practice makes perfect by Sarah Adams Ooh. I know and I've seen this book literally everywhere on bookstagram with like glowing ratings to be completely honest with you I can't remember why I didn't like it I think, you know what I do, I shut a book and don't even remember the main character's it's name. Gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's gone forever. I just, I don't know, I put it in my spreadsheet as two, so something must have, I don't know, not liked it, but it's the mm. second book to When in Rome, and I loved that book. And this is like the side characters get, you know, get their own book. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't know, just obviously I had, beef, I had beef with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're my two worst books of the year. Let me guess. What you would be able to worst? guess mine. I've got two and you'll be able to guess them both easily. Is one of them from the Smart and Smutty episode? Yes, it is. 
Go on then. So, yes, Distance by Luna Mason would have been the worst book that I read this year. And do you know what this is telling me? That we need to, we will continue our Smart and Smutty miniseries because it's so much fun, but we need to not go so hard next time. A hundred percent. Even distance was a a lot for me. Oh, it was, yeah, a a lot is one way to describe it. So distance is, um, was my worst book of the year. And this one feels a bit cheeky because I don't know, I didn't, it was a DNF, but Iron Flame, I just was not, well, yeah, it was not great. I mean, a DNF counts because it it was so bad that you didn't finish it. Yeah. And I actually need to, I wish that I, um, I actually wish that I had a record of books that I DNF because I'm sure that there have been books that I've, although not I'm not paid to talk about Storygraph, but here I am talking about Storygraph again. Yeah, um, at the end of the episode, uh, sponsored by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they actually have um, a section on there where you can so like when you mark a book is currently reading, you mm. can then mark it as a DNF. So Ooh, I need to make sure you should I, start doing that. Yeah, I need to get onto that for next year. I think often I forget to log them until I'm halfway through, so I need to get better well, actually yeah. logging that and DNFing them. But anyway, so yes, worst book of the year, Distance, closely followed by Iron Flame. <laughs> Which you actually didn't, yeah, didn't finish. Which is a DNF, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the moment, it's bloody up there for me because it's taken me this, like, the, what, fourth week of me reading it or something? Mm. Oh, my God. I'm going to finish it this I week. feel like at this point you have to. Like, you have to. Oh, I absolutely have to. <laughs> I absolutely have to. But I will not be reading it going into Christmas. No, you will not be. We cannot let this happen. <laughs> we cannot let this happen. Now, should we talk about our favourite books of the year? Because what a delightful year we've both had do you want to just should we just list out our you know top books and then we'll go into the bit of a nitty-gritty sounds good to me do you want to kick us off sure I have seven books this year that I gave five stars to I didn't have as good a reading year as I thought actually when I sat down to prep for this episode I was looking through obviously the spreadsheet and yeah normally I have a lot of five star books because I'm quite generous with my five stars but only seven this year and out of 62 like that's not very good for me and I've got four honorary mentions that didn't quite make the five stars but like loved anyway my five star books there's seven of them as I said but these is just in order of how I read them throughout the year so just in the order that I read them in so I've got Duck a l'orange for breakfast by Karina May In a Jam by Kate Canterbury Yours Truly by Abby Jimenez Breathe for Me by Brittany Ann out on a Limb by Hannah Bonham Young, The Things We Leave Unfinished by Rebecca Yaros, and Hopeless by Elsie Silva. So they were my seven five-star books. But the other four books that I loved as well were Mile High and The Right Move by Liz Tomford, In the Likely Event by Rebecca Yaros, and Love Just In by Natalie Murray. Interesting. Rebecca Yaros gets two mentions. I was me. just about to say, I know, like I know that you read a lot of series, so there would be a lot of authors that you read multiple books of. But would Rebecca Yaros be one of the authors that you've read the most this year? Or hundred percent, like Fourth Wing, Now Iron Flame, Things We Leave Unfinished, In the Likely Event, and I feel like there was another one I read. Of her. Mm. I think I read five of hers this year. Wow, which doesn't count. In, like, there's obviously series where I've read like five or six books by the authors, but she yeah. would be like, yeah, the standalone definitely, which I didn't really. I didn't really realise considering Iron Flame was a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So So there you go. They are my 10-ish top books for 2023. What have you got? I found this so hard this year. Normally I have like a very clear like top 10 or like it's like, you know, 10 brilliant books that I have had to whittle down from, you know, 15 brilliant books. And this year, I don't Mm. know, I knew my top ones very quickly, but then trying to sort of, 
work out which ones should be in this list and shouldn't was quite tricky. But I, I'm not going to say five star books because I don't give my book star ratings. But my True. favorite books of the year at Beartown by Frederick Backman, the whole Beartown mm. series actually. Um, no surprises there. Um, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. I love this book so much. Can't wait to talk about this more a bit further on in the episode. Um, Lola in the Mirror by Trent Dalton. Love and Autism by Kay Kerr. I feel like I haven't really spoken about this one much this year, Mm. but I loved it. Um, Tin Man by Sarah Winman was brilliant. Cloud Cuckoo Land by Anthony Dore. I've spoken about that one a lot um, on the podcast. And The Hummingbird Effect by Kate Millenhall um, was also one that I adored. Um, And I have a couple in honorary mentions as well. Now that I'm looking back at my list, I think that I've had seven, seven in my you know top reads, and then and then four in my honorary mentions, which is exactly the same as you, which is interesting, handy. <laughs> there you go. Imogen, obviously, by Becky Albertelli, um, is an honorable mention. Uh, Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. The Island of Missing Trees by Elif Shafak, and Tell Me Again by Amy Tunig was brilliant as well. I think I've spoken about that before got a good list of books there don't we we do such a good list let's um let's get into the nitty-gritty a little bit more here kate can you tell me out of all of those what is your best fiction book so out of all the ones i just mentioned top spot for me this year goes to out on a limb by hannah bonham young i spoke about this in our disability representation um recommendation which was in our big recommendations episode one of them this book Oh my God, it was easily the best, obviously the best book I've read this year. Like I loved it so much. I couldn't have read it quicker. I just, I could not have loved it more. It was so brilliant. But, but this is the book that I couldn't talk about in our recommendations episode because I was like, just trust me, (laughs) which is like such a bad way to talk about it. But I just don't want to give too much away about the plot because I just think going in blind is just the best way to read this and reading the author's note is that like I cannot do it justice. It was so brilliant. It's just so beautifully written and just perfectly captures the process of slowly falling, falling in love, un- even under these like crazy circumstances. It is laugh out loud funny, makes me giggle multiple times and just so quick witted. And Win and Bo, like the two main characters, their one liners and their banter is 10 out of 10. It was so, so funny, but also like deeply serious, deeply emotional, deeply personal. I just, I, I did not want it to end. It was so, so brilliant. I actually need to go back and read more of Hannah's work because I'm assuming all of her books will kind of follow the same the same writing style and I loved it so much. And also, like, in this book, the side characters as well. Like, they, it's one of those books where you're like, I want books about them. Mm. <laughs> I want their stories in a book as well. Uh, I, just, I honestly could talk about this book forever. It was so special. And I think that the disability representation in it was also done really well it was just, it was beautiful the connection the understanding they had and th- there's a twist and like yeah like I said I don't want to talk too much about it because you really just have to go in and read it so can you please please read it over the break yes I forgot how much you sold me oh. on this last time I need to I need to get this on my kindle immediately and read it I know I need more people to talk about to talk about it with because like yeah if you haven't read it like I can't I can't spoil it and I went in like knowing absolutely nothing. I have no idea how it ended up on my Kindle. I've no, I didn't read anyone's review. I must have seen like maybe a reel or something with mm. the line that got me in. But oh, I just want to talk about this book with everyone. Uh, hands down, best best fiction book of the year, no doubt in my mind. 
Wow. What a glowing recommendation. Oh my gosh, you have to read it. Yeah, you've sold it. You have to. You have to. Now, what was your top fiction book of the year? This was really tricky because I wanted to straight away say Beartown, but I'm saving that for later. We're going to talk about series, so that's going to be mm. tucked away till then. So I want to talk about Red, White and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. This is so unexpected from you as top book of the year. Okay, okay. Like this is a rom-com. I can't. Isn't it? I would call it, it is. a rom-com. Absolutely. I cannot explain to you the hold this book has on me. Like it just, <laughs> I. It just got you good. just loved it. I loved it everything about it so for anyone that doesn't know what this is about it is the main characters are Alex and Henry so Alex his mum is the president of the United States and he's like the first son and has been painted as this sort of almost like almost like a prince of of um of Mm. the United States and then Henry is the actual prince um over over the across the pond in Britain and Alex and Henry have this long history of of beef um they just they don't like each other they've never liked each other they have all of these um moments where their paths have crossed and they haven't gotten along and they find themselves at at, um social engagements at the same social engagements often and and there's this big scandal that happens um and it's all over the newspapers and, and it's everywhere and um and then they uh to sort of save face and to um you know not paint both their families in such a bad light they have to pretend to be best friends and come together all the time to be photographed and like all of this all of this sort of stuff to sort of save the image of the royal family and um and the family of the president and they hate each other's guts until they don't and Kate I was about so saying, jokes on them I've read it I love oh, it oh my god I just I'm so I'm sorry I'm I'm not giving you much because I'm so thrown that this is your <laughs> book of the year like it's a romance I like, know I know but I just I loved it that's I, not you I loved the build-up I loved the sexual tension I loved mm. the humor it was so funny like it was really funny such a funny and like the absolute absurdity of this storyline and and how <laughs> something so unlikely could feel so real blew yeah, my mind it was actually so real wasn't it yeah but like I think I've worked out recently which I think I've mentioned in another episode that I've never been able to work out what my trope is that I like in mm. with romance books and I realized that it's sexual tension and with these two the sexual <laughs> tension was through the roof and I think also a big part of why I love this one was that they talked a lot about words of love in literature mm. and I loved that side of it as well and oh I just all of the characters like not even just Alex and Henry but all of the characters um, were fleshed out so well that by the end of the book I just I was so invested and I just I loved them all and I just want them all to be me and it was so sexy and I just loved it it was so good have you did you end up watching the movie yeah I, I've watched it twice now I think um is it good I really liked Obviously. it yeah I really liked it it was different to the book as they always are um yeah and there was, does it do the book justice though I think so yeah I think so oh, good. Um, I, I do think that I do think you should read it over watching it um, yeah, or, or, or normally the case. But um, there was a character that was not in the movie that I wish had been. And there was just interesting things, like they changed, like, the queen for a king and, like, weird oh. little changes that, like, shouldn't have mattered but somehow did, as they do to That's people that love books that get ad- adapted. You want it to be perfect. Yeah. But, um, but I love the adaptation. And this book was just – I just bloody loved it. It was so good. It was just so good. I know. That is, like – 
shocked me. Absolutely shocked me. Okay, it shocked me I mean, too. I'm, it shocked me like, too. I'm, let me tell like, you. I'm so. I'm almost like proud. <laughs> like, yes. Like yes. Go the romances. <laughs> oh, I love it. I just loved this so much. I could keep talking about it on and on and on and on, but that would get very boring for people very quickly. So let's move on to the next category, which is nonfiction. Tell me what your best nonfiction book for the year was. I actually only had, I think, maybe like three nonfiction books to pick between. I didn't read a lot of nonfiction. Yeah, which is unlike me. Hmm. I do read a bit, but this year I think I only had two or three to pick between, but it was not hard to pick my favourite (laughs) nonfiction book. So I have got The Prison Doctor by Dr. Amanda Brown. I think I also spoke about this book in our recommendations episode because I obviously loved it. So if you didn't listen to that episode or want a little refresher, um, Amanda Brown is a doctor in the UK and she resigns from her local GP practice that she built like from the ground up by herself. And she takes this huge career change and this new step and becomes a prison doctor, like a doctor in all these prisons. And you kind of see through the book, her move between three different prisons um, and her long career and the stories that she tells are absolutely insane, like completely insane. So wild. But my favorite part of the book was this amazing just this love for her job that you got to see and like the love for her job and the love for her patients throughout this whole book. Like she just taking, you know, taking great care of someone in the most insane environment, insane circumstance, but like still treating them as you would any other patient, which is like, I know it's a given, like it it is what we do, but just the way it was written was so wonderful to read. And I think, you know, it was obviously quite a traumatic book because like, Mm the stuff that was going on in these prisons and like the reason that these people were seeing doctors in prison is like it's never a nice yeah yeah, it's never like a nice um kind of diagnosis or situation Mm. that's going on but it was just written so beautifully and like so with so much compassion and empathy and care and even though the stories were shocking they were also heartwarming and tragic and it was really like a mix of emotions um I think obviously this one meant a lot more to me obviously being a nurse and imagining myself in this situation and these these kind of environments that she was in like I just couldn't believe couldn't believe the stuff I was reading it was so I just I don't know how I would have done it like she's such an incredible woman incredible doctor but yeah I I could have read a hundred more books about her and her career and her bravery and her drive and her commitment to the job like she was just incredible yeah, we get to see obviously like the traumatic side of it, but there's also quite a nice side of it where we see like, you know, great reform in prisons and like people really change their life and like, you know, turn their situation around and sh- shocking yet heartwarming is what I'm going to say for this mm. book. Interesting, shocking and heartwarming. They're like my top three themes of the book, I think. It is a really, really powerful book and also just really interesting, like hearing about like doctor in prison. Mm. male prison female prison juvie prison she's worked in them all it's um yeah it was really interesting highly highly recommend yeah this was one that when you spoke about it in our previous episode I'm a bit torn on it honestly like it sounds incredible it sounds so amazing but I just don't know I don't know yeah I don't know if it would be for you it's a lot I I gave it to a girlfriend of mine Molly from read by Molly underscore she borrowed it off me a couple months ago and equally loved it she's a nurse as well so Maybe for all the nurses or healthcare mm. professionals out there, this would be a non-fiction book for you. Now, do you have a non-fiction 
highlight? I'm sure you do. Oh, yes. And this was one that I found so difficult to narrow down. So I just want to say that there was three that I was trying to choose from. And I wanted oh, to say what tell they, me about all. I want to say what they all are, but I'm going to delve into one that I've decided is my top favorite. Three nonfiction books that I loved the most this year were Love and Autism by Kay Kerr, The Joy Thief by Penny Moody, um, and The Last Days by Ali Miller. So I've spoken a bit about The Joy Thief. This is written by Penny Moody about her experience with OCD, and this was some, this was a book that just really honestly changed changed my life and changed the way that I think mm. about myself and my own experience with OCD. The Last Days by Ali Miller, I've also discussed before. This was a memoir about growing up a Jehovah's Witness and moving away from the church and, and what that meant um, for her as an adult. Um, this book was absolutely brilliant. I loved it so much. But That's on the, my TBR after oh, your recommendation. It's on the list. It was so good. It was I so still good. need to get to it. Sounds sounds amazing. Yeah, it was um, absolutely brilliant. But the one that I want to talk about today is Love and Autism by Kay Kerr. Yeah. Love and Autism was just this incredible, passionate celebration of neurodiversity and the way that autistic people love and are loved. It had a wide range of autistic lived experience through the stories of five people and also commentary from Kay Kerr, the author, about her own life as an autistic woman. It was so insightful. It was just so authentic. It was fabulous to listen to. I did listen to this one. Um, it just, there was so much to this that resonated so strongly with me. The way that everyone that was involved in this book contemplated their their life and the way that they love and are loved and the people that love them and the people that they love and how it all, you know, works together. It just, it was just incredible. But there was one problem with me listening to the audiobook and that was that this book would be one that I would, if I had the physical copy, I would have happily highlighted or starred mm. or folded corners and done all of the things too because there was so many wonderful moments within this book I really wish that I had been able to save and I remember driving in, in the car to go and visit my sister I remember the exact stretch of road that I was on there was one part where um, there was a discussion around autism in childhood and as an early childhood education professional I it had me I was in tears I was beside mm. myself it was so beautiful the way that the way that this passage was written I just I, I straight away thought I need to I need to like cement this in my memory I need to share this with every single person that I work with it's just it's so amazing but I just I couldn't do it because I was listening to it and I was driving yeah. I um I need to go back in and need to get the physical book. book I need to because it just it really I like that it talked as well about love in all its forms like it wasn't just about romantic love but also about family love and and friendship and the way that you understand yourself um oh, I, I this is another one that I can't do justice like you were saying I know before, with, <laughs> with um out on a limb I just I think if you have a passing interest in this or or if not or if this is something that you want to know more about take my word for it yeah. it's brilliant it's brilliant. I don't know why but like you've spoken about this book quite a bit um on the podcast and like to me as well like you've obviously loved it I don't know why but every time you've spoken about it I assumed it was a fiction book I didn't realize it was non-fiction yeah, yeah no so yeah non-fiction. I don't know why and uh, yeah there's um there's Kay Kerr's own story and five stories from um five people about yeah their their life and yeah. it's really good because it doesn't go through that's not like one person's whole story then the next person's whole story it's sort of like different categories mm-hmm. or different stages of their life and they share their piece of that story in that time and then it kind of goes on to the next category. So it, it's not 
you don't sort of go through one person's story and move on yeah yeah it sounds awesome I definitely need to put it on my list it sounds so good a really good audiobook too um and Kate yeah. her narrated it which she just did a brilliant job of it I could have listened to her speak mm. on and on and on and on if you're looking for an audiobook I actually did this one through BorrowBox as well so it was a free oh, yeah. audiobook through my local library um and her yeah her narration was excellent now should we go into our last little category for our favorite books for 2023 let's do it so we want to talk about our best series that we've read in 2023 do you want me to go first so please do i have got two because i think a romance series is like my favorite way to read Mm. give me five books give me ten books (laughs) i don't care i'll read them all give me five books about a family and like each sibling gets its own book done sold i'll read it don't care what it's about Thank you so much. So I have got the Chestnut Springs series by Elsie Silva and the Honey Mountain series by Laura Pavlov. I am going to guess that nearly everyone knows about the Chestnut Springs series. You still haven't read them though. No, I haven't. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think you'd be like, no, nah, okay, great. Yeah, I don't know. It just it hasn't hasn't piqued my interest as much as maybe it it should have. This Chestnut Springs series follows um, a whole family, and you can read each as a standalone, or it's obviously best read as a series so the first one is about a bull rider with his unlikely relationship with a big city his big city agent's daughter second one is the brother who's a full-time rancher and his new live-in nanny because he's a single dad the third one is the third brother he's an nhl hockey player and his childhood best friend the fourth is another bull rider he's actually not part of the family he is in the bull riding scene that is a one-night stand that turns a little bit complicated, if you get my drift. And the fifth book is The Last Brother, who is a fake engagement um, with a girl next door to get his family off his back. So as you can see, you can read them as individual books, but yeah, obviously best read altogether. It is such a good series. I didn't, in fairness, I didn't rate any book higher than a four-star. Oh, that's a lie. The last book, Hopeless, that was a five star, but it, it, all the other books got like a 3.5 to four star for me. So like not the best books I've ever read, but I think together as a series, it really just like came together with the whole five books and you get to see parts of previous couples in next books. And yeah, I just, mm. I love that so much, but yeah, seen it everywhere on Bookstagram at the moment. But a series that I haven't seen around much that I think needs more hype is the Honey Mountain series by Laura Pavlov. So it's five books, all following five sisters and them, you know, falling in love and every book's a different trope, which we love. Um, I read all these five books back to back. I had them, I think they're actually on Kindle Unlimited. Well, they were when I read them. They might still be. Um, Excellent, excellent series. It's exactly what you want out of a small town romance. It's spicy, but it's sweet and there's... Lots of good banter, lots of lovable characters, great family dynamics. And also, like, some books are a bit, um, not what's the word, not scary, like a bit like there's like a suspense element mm. to them. So it's not just like guy, girl falls in love happily ever after. There is a bit of, bit of mystery to them as well, which makes it a bit more exciting. But this excellent series, if you're looking for a quick, you know, interconnected, stories to run through love them needs more hype actually Mm, brilliant this sounds really good now you mentioned your favorite series before but tell me more 
You mean that I mentioned my favourite series about 75 billion times? (laughs) Well, I didn't say that. You said that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. I think it's no secret to anyone that Beartown, the Beartown series Mm -hmm. this year for me was everything. This was like defined my reading year, honestly. I just, just taking me by storm. I can't even (laughs) believe, honestly, how much I love this whole series. So, so there are three books in the Beartown series, um, Beartown, Us Against You and The Winners. Um, these books, the way that Frederick Backman writes, I often describe it as, as amazing observation on society and the way that we deal with so many things. These books, this whole series, it's a series about ice hockey, but so much more than ice hockey. It's about small towns. It's about mm. sexism. It's about privilege, it's about sexual assault, um, it's about rivalry, human nature, what makes people tick, manipulation, greed. There's just so much to unpack in this whole series. I seriously and, need to read this book. I know. Oh, I know. so good, Kate. They're so good. And the way that he can write all of these big themes so, so deftly into this story about people who seem so real, I think that that's a really big part of why this series just had me this year is that this town these characters these people they they were so real to me like they just I could see them I knew them um with all of their flaws and all of their insecurities with all of their issues all of the problems that they had with each other and with themselves they just also had such incredible passion and fierce loyalty for each other in their town Mm. and I just I cried so many times reading this book reading this series I was so drawn into it. I believed everything about it so completely. Some of the characters, I think about them like they're real people. And there was like, yeah, there was like a lot, like this is a bit like what you were talking about in our last episode um, with Lolo in the Mirror, which I won't say who I'm talking about here in case people haven't read the book. But oh, true. That, that feeling of like feeling like you've lost a real person. Like there was parts of this series where yeah. I feel, I felt bereft. Like I'd actually lost mm-hmm. someone that I, I knew and loved um, and I, I honestly could continue reading about the Beartown residents for, for 20 more books. If he would keep writing them, I would Aww. keep reading them. Like The mirror that he held up to society and, and what makes people tick and what makes people do the things that they do and the way that uh, we grapple with these huge things that happen in our lives. I think the first, the first two books especially, oh, no, because then the last one, the last one, Last one had me had me good too. I just all of them. It's just a brilliant series, and I I really highly recommend anyone reading Did, it. And don't let the ice hockey put you off because that's probably the only part that I like. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I, I don't think it'd be like the ice hockey books that I read. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Was I? Did, I don't know if I dreamt this. Did, was this a movie or a TV show or something? There's been a Swedish series that was adapted from the oh. book. So, uh, yeah, you can watch it. I haven't watched the series, so it's it's Swedish with English subtitles. Um, yeah. Which apparently is, was quite good. It's it's scary going into your favourite, favourite, favourite yeah. book. You're like, don't stuff it up. And even the casting, I saw the casting and I was like, that's not how I pictured this person at all. And, yeah. I found that. and, I, and I'm terrible at visualising people generally in books, so to see to see a character a, a casting and feel so um, strongly that that was not the right casting sort of says a lot for me. So it's, yeah, um, how interesting. Maybe steer clear of that one then. Yeah. Speaking of reading books in a series, 
did you actually read many series this year? I feel like you're not a big series gal. I'm not really a big series gal. I get a bit intimidated, I think, by the mm. commitment to them. Um, I have read a few, though, or, well, a couple of, like, duologies, I suppose. But I've read mm. um, Some Shall Break by Ali Marnie was the second in a series, um, which I read the first one for a couple of years ago, so that probably doesn't really count. I did read a middle grade series um, that was called Jane Doe and the Cradle of All Worlds. Um, I read three mm. books in that series, which were really good. Loved love those for a middle grade book. Um, Ninth House, I read Ninth House and Hellbent this year. So oh, that's, yeah. um, that was two in the series. And I think that there's more to come, judging by the way that Hellbent finished. Um, <laughs> and I will continue to, to read those. But I did also start. Oh, fourth wing, Iron Flame. That counts. Oh, well, does it count if I didn't finish the second one? Ah, I'll count it for you. <laughs> um, I did also start the Throne of Glass series. Um, so mm, I, don't I did well, after that. Actually, that's not exactly true. Last year, I think I read Throne of Glass and started the second one. But this year, I went back and read Assassin's Blade, um, the. Uh, there's like like a, a bunch the of prequel or yeah the prequel yeah I don't even know. a bunch of short stories so I sort of started that one intending to then read the series but I've got this friend that just keeps at me about how much I need to read them and like she said there's a few that you could just delete and not read those and just kind of read the rest of them and it would be fine yeah. but but no series I do enjoy series but it has to be the right kind I suppose for me and it's just, yeah. yeah not. I, I think I move on from things too quickly. I'm not sure. That's so funny because I'm like the opposite. I'm like, give me a series. Like, give me mm. five books. Like, I don't want to leave this world. I should have mentioned um, the Love Light Farm series. Oh, that yeah. is an excellent series if you mm. wanted. Actually, you should read. Have you read the first one? I read the first one, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a Christmas book. So if anyone's looking for a Christmas read, mm. read the first book. It's great. But, yeah, I don't know. I DNF Throne of Glass, like, halfway through the first book. Mm. But everyone talks about how amazing it is, but I just couldn't get past the first book. So, Maybe series, yeah, just aren't for you. I think if it's a series that's done really well, I love it, but it has to be done really well right from the start, right from the start. Yeah. But like you said, it's a big commitment to go into it being like, I've got to read five books. And if I don't read, like for me personally, if I don't read them back to back, no concept of what happened. Yeah, absolutely. What a waste. Like if I read a series, I've got to read the whole series in Mm, one go. Yeah, for sure. Which is a big commitment. It is such a big commitment. Now, should we talk about – that's all our favourite books of the year. That is, like, a pretty long list of all the books that really captured our heart this year. But should we talk about what we're planning on reading over the break? Yeah, for sure. And I think if we had 10 more hours in this episode, we could have delved into all of the other ones that we listed at the beginning of the episode, but we won't do that yeah. run. But um, do make sure that you write down those ones that we listed at the start because they there's so many books I feel like I have listed but that I haven't got into that I just want to rave about that. I know. And I wish I could say, like, if you hear them on the list, just go to my Instagram and read my review. But we all know that that's not the case. Oh, yes, I'm <laughs> with you there. Some of the oh. We were talking um, earlier about some of the books that we've loved the most this year we haven't reviewed because it just can feel like so much pressure to get down. So much pressure. And, yeah, and I feel like I never, ever, ever review my five-star books because I'm like, I just, I can't put it all into words. I'm too... I'm too overwhelmed because it was so good, but just read it. Yeah, just trust me. Just that trust should me. just be my review. Yeah, that should be my review. Just trust me. Yes. Have you got any books lined up over your to read over your break? Well, I have quite a hefty shelf at the moment. Um, <laughs> we all know that my TBR shelf 
cannot expand past the single shelf and it needs a decent colour at the moment because so far it's quite double stacked. Um, Can't relate. But <laughs> With my bookshelf, yes. not singular shelf. I've got like six shelves. <laughs> Disgraceful. Anyway. There's quite a few on there that have been there for a while that I'm looking forward to reading over the break. But I actually think I have this craving to get into something really chunky. So I'm thinking that I'm going to read Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell by Susanna Clarke. So this is, I think I've mentioned this um, on the podcast before. This is the same author that wrote Piranesi. Oh, Um, yeah. And I loved, loved, loved that book. This one I think is quite different um, and it is also a real chunker. So um, I think that that will be something for me to sink my teeth into over over the break and also at my book club Christmas party on Friday night mm-hmm. we did a bookish KK and everyone just brought a book that they liked and went into this random random drawer and I pulled out Jojo Moyes someone else's shoes oh um, yeah I love Jojo Moyes' book so I read um the Me Before You series oh, I love that series yeah I love, series. Yeah, I love that series um and I also read another book of hers that was called yeah the one about the is it just stars or something in the cover? no I haven't read that one the giver of stars I need oh, to read that one I thought um, you read that haven't read that one but I did read one that was called like the girl in the something the girl in the painting or like the the girl something oh, yeah. something it was a historical fiction one and it was really good so um this Jojo Moy's book feels like feels like just what I need over the summer break I've also got that I picked up from a street library the other day um, Watermelon by Marion Keys, which is one that I often see people raving about as a summer beach read sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I saw that in the street library and had to had to pick it up. So I think that that will be on my break reading list as well. What about you? Have you got some more small town romance books or what? Absolutely. What looking forward to. Do you know what's funny? Because I've read, I feel like I've, and actually in my defense, one of your girlfriends said the same thing. I feel like I've read so many soap books this year. <laughs> I need to get back on my small town romance, <laughs> small town romance trend. Because like, when you think about it in the last kind of books I've read, I've read Lola in the Mirror, Lanny, Department of Speculation. Like I've read a lot of books for the podcast this mm. at the end of the year. Um, I'm also reading Iron Flame. Like I'm just not, I'm not in my groove. I'm not in my vibe. Mm. So there's definitely, I'm craving some easy, spicy, small town romances, but the three that are sticking out for me that I'm just cannot stop looking on at my shelf because I'm like, I just need to be done with Iron Flame. Like I'm coming, like, I'll be there soon. <laughs> Please wait for me. <laughs> wait for me, wait for me. So the three I've got is The Mistletoe Motive by Chloe Lease. Um, I posted this on my Instagram this week. So I'm going to say my fiance, because I can only say that for another month. <laughs> I never say it, but I'm like, let's just let's say it because it's getting close now. So he, for 1st of December, every year buys me a Christmas romance book. It's my favourite tradition. I buy him an ornament. It's just, it's a whole thing. Anyway, it's he... It's horrible. Ah, cute. He bought me this this year. It wasn't on my list or anything. He just did the reading, read all the ratings and everything, read the blurb and picked this one. So it I looks am very so excited good. to read the that. The cover. The cover Isn't brilliant. it just adorable? Mm. Yeah. It's about a bookshop and... Oh my rivals. god! I need to read this. Yeah, <laughs> rivals in a bookshop over trying to winning win a Christmas competition. It's like a Hallmark movie in a book. So I... that I need to read that before Christmas because it's a Christmas book. And thank you to your fiance for also putting that on my list now because a Christmas read in a bookshop sold. Yeah, I know. And we've only got what like a couple of weeks, so mm-hmm. need to get onto that. Need to kiss off Iron Flame that's for sure. <laughs> 
so that'll be next. That's absolutely next what I'm going to read, which is unlike me making a plan, but too many good books on my shelf. Um, my wonderful friend, Karina May, who wrote Duck, has just released her next book, Never Ever Forever. Dying to read that. Everyone's talking about how it's like the perfect summer beach read. So definitely need to get into that. And then Rachel Johnson just brought out a new book as well. Another one of my favorite authors, which is Talk to the Heart, which is the third book in a series. And the first two books are one of my all-time favorite books. It is, oh, they're so good. They're mm-hmm. like the perfect Aussie outback romance so that is just staring at me from my shelf so Iron Flame needs to go because I have a long list to add to Mm -hmm. my end of the year reads um but I just need to get back into my group I need to get back into the small town romances and the fluffy cute wholesome books because I'm bloody traumatized from the books that I had to read this year (laughs) oh yes and I think that next year like we were saying before with our smart and smutty we are going to continue on with what we've been doing but let's just be a little bit more intentional about how we pick all of these for each other hey (laughs) absolutely traumatizing Thank you for joining us on our final episode for 2023. We have loved bringing you all of our favourite reads for the year so far in this episode and also in our earlier ones. And I'm sure that you will all join me in wishing our beautiful Kate well for her upcoming wedding. It's so exciting. Stop it. When we come back in late Feb next year, Kate will be a married lady and we'll have all of her <laughs> wedding tales to share with us. I'm so excited to hear oh my God. All, all about it. It's just what a way to start the year, Kate, honestly. I just, I need to get, we said this this week, we just need to get to the honeymoon. Like, I'm yes. just like, I'm so tired. It's just, I didn't think it was going to be this hard to do, but yes, it'll be very exciting. So we'll be back in end of Feb once all the festivities are over, bringing you season two of Double Booked. We have loved doing this this year. It's such a little, such a little outlet for us, I think, mm. after, you know, stressful weeks, stressful things going on, um, to sit down with one of your best mates and talk about books. Like, what an absolute treat. It's so, so exciting. We're so lucky that we get to do this, and I'm so glad that we finally do. We've been talking about this for so long, so we finally I know, finally got on Bit with the bullet it. this year. Mm. And just thank you to everyone for your support and all the comments and messages we've received on Instagram. It really, really makes it worthwhile, you know? Absolutely. And if there's anything else from us that you would love to be hearing, any different types of episodes, any other bookish content that you would like to hear from us, we would really like to know that. So please do send us a message and let us know what we can plan for in 2024. Until next time, we are Kate and Soph. And we are double booked.